chapter 2, 1 through 6. If you don't have it, say, wait a minute. Very good. And I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. It says, early the following spring, in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified, but I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king answered, or asked, rather, well, how can I help you? With a prayer to God of heaven. I replied, if it please the king, and if, it, if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. The king with the queen sitting beside him asked, how long will you be gone? When will you return? After I told him how long I would, go, I would be gone, the king agreed to my request. The title of my message is Nameless Influencers. Nameless Influencers. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this day, God. We thank you for your presence we thank you for the word that is about to come forth, Lord. I pray that you would use me, Lord, that you would speak through me. Father God, I pray that you would open up the hearts of your people to receive ears to hear what you are saying, Spirit of God, this day. Lord, I pray that you would encourage our hearts, Lord, that you would just tell us how much that you care about us. And Lord, I pray that this word, Lord, that you allow everyone to hear what they need to hear. I pray you have your way, God, in our hearts, Lord. That as we will leave this place, Lord, that we would, we would be convinced of who we are in you. So I thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as I said, the title is Nameless Influences. Now we know that everyone is called to be an influencer. Believe it or not, everyone is called to be an influencer. So the background of this story of Nehemiah, Nehemiah gets wind that his town back home, things are not happening, not, things are not going well. As we heard in the scripture, the walls have been torn down, the gates have been burnt down. He gets wind of that, and he's saying, Lord, I've got to get back there. I've got to get back to my hometown to be able to be a part of building up, building up. So he prays to the Lord. He prays to the Lord. And then as he goes before the king, 
he says, this is maybe my moment to share. He prays to the Lord and said, Lord, basically give me the strength to be able to say what I need to say to the king and that I will receive favor. So we find this, this story as he comes before the king. Now, Nehemiah, he is a cupbearer. And you may be saying, well, what is a cupbearer? Simply, he is a person that has to sip the wine before the king sips it. So if he sips the wine and he's still alive, then he can give it to the king. If he eats the food and he doesn't drop dead, then yes. <laughs> okay, king, you can have this. So on this day, he looks sad. And the king recognizes, okay, what's up? What's going on? And he, as I read that scripture, he shares, he shares what's going on. And he's like, Lord, as the king says, okay, well, how can I help you? He said, Lord, this is my moment. I pray to you, grant me favor. It's interesting, though, um, the name Nehemiah means the one who the Lord strengthens or with strength of the Lord. So he asks the king, and the king says, what can I do for you? And he's so bold to say, well, the door is open. Let me just ask. And the, Lord, and the um, king grants. Now, what's interesting is when I was looking at this chapter and actually the, uh, the chapter 3, I counted how many people because Nehemiah asked, we, I need to go back to my hometown to build up the wall, to build up the wall. So I counted actually how many people that were named in chapter 3 that helped build the wall. There were 53 names of people that built the wall. But then I noticed that there were countless amount of people that we didn't know their names. Their names were not even mentioned that built, that helped and built up the wall. Those individuals were the unsung heroes. Those individuals, we didn't know their names, but they contributed to building up the wall. We live in a time that everybody wants to know. Everybody should know my name. My name should be in lights. Recognize me. Call me out. And if you think about it, all those individuals that we didn't know their names, they were influencers. They brought what they had to influence and help in building up that wall. There were rulers that we didn't know their names. There were priests that we didn't know their names. There were Levites that we didn't know their names. There were even goldsmiths. There were even daughters. Particularly, there was one father. I guess he didn't have any sons. He says, daughters, I need you to come help me build the wall. So daughters, even in that day, you know daughters and, and women were not really recognized, but he called his daughters to help. There were children. There were teenagers. As I said, they were the unsung, unsung heroes. They helped. They brought their influence. Now, you may not have the title of pastor so-and-so, apostle so-and-so, bishop so-and-so. You know you're not Bishop Brian Green. You may not have the title of uh, doctor so-and-so, of reverend so-and-so, or elder so-and-so, or even deacon so-and-so, or, or even Mrs. so-and-so because you're not married yet. But 
You are important to what God is doing right here. There are influences all in this room today that can help rebuild the work that the Lord has called us to. When I was reading this chapter, and I've read this chapter over and over about Nehemiah building up the wall, but I never saw this. In verse 6 of chapter 2, there's a person that stands out. It's the queen. But her name is not mentioned. Don't know what her name is. We know what the king's name is, King Edizertzis. But we don't know the queen's name. But I'm wondering, like, well, why did Nehemiah put this one sentence in this chapter? The queen sitting beside him. I believe the queen had influence, even though we didn't know her name. I believe that she was sitting there at a strategic moment, at a, a strategic time, because the Lord know, knew that Nehemiah would come and have this request. Now, I don't think that queens were always sitting by the kings every day. But for some reason, as the Lord had planned it, she was sitting there that day. And I can only imagine the queen is sitting there next to the king. And when Nehemiah presents this request, maybe the king looked over. Looked over. <laughs> looked over the queen. I don't know if the queen, maybe she nodded her head. Maybe he said, what do you think? She smiled at him. Maybe she just... put a hand on his shoulder. <laughs> this is my king. <laughs> and just whatever the queen said, the king said, all right. Now, rem now remember, Nehemiah is the cupbearer. So if he releases him to go, who's going to, who's going to taste before? Who's going to eat before? But I believe the queen's influence said, it's okay. Let him go. Let him go. It's going to be all right. So this queen that we don't even know her name, she influenced. And we know that Nehemiah went. He went. He built 52 days. The wall was built up. And the, the gates were, were uh, built up. And he was able to come back and bring the great report of what the Lord did. But Nehemiah had to pray first. And I believe because Nehemiah prayed, the Lord heard Nehemiah's prayer, and through the influence of the queen, that all came to place. Another individual, and you know, there's countless people in the Bible that we don't know their names, but they influenced, they impacted, they made a difference. This other person in the Bible I'm so glad that the Lord doesn't really care how old we are to be influences. But this next person was a servant girl found in 2 Kings 5. 2 Kings 5.1 says, The king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories, 
But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. If anyone knows what leprosy is, it's a skin disease. He suffered. He's a mighty warrior, but he suffered with leprosy. At this time, raiders had invaded the land of Israel. And among the captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day, this little girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go to see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. So Naaman told the king, Aaron, what the young girl from Israel had said. Skipping down to verse 14, Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child. And he was healed. Then Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of God. They stood before him and Naaman said, Now I know there's no God in all the world except in Israel. So through this little girl, Naaman experienced healing because of her influence. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was held captive or taken captive from my family, from my parents, and then I'm in a different land, and my master has this disease, I don't know, but I would be like, yes, Lord, you have vindicated me. Doesn't say how old this little girl was. I would have been like, yes, Lord. <laughs> Look what they did. Look what he did to me. Let him just die in his leprosy. But the pureness, but the pureness of this little girl's heart thought of her master so much that she just said, I know a prophet back in my hometown that could get you healed. Wow. This little girl's influence. This little girl has such an impact. Now, you know, sometimes when we have influence, we're going to have some little pushback sometimes. Because if we read the whole story, Naaman is kind of like, well, the prophet doesn't, didn't want to see me. Does he know who I am? I'm the mighty warrior. The prophet tells him, just go, go to the Jordan River and dip seven times. And Naaman is like, well, can't I just go to these other, other rivers that are nearby me? And his people saying, Naaman, just do what the prophet told you. Do you want to be healed or not? And he goes to the Jordan River. He dips seven times. I remember watching a movie. It's actually a children's movie. And it showed this whole um, story of Naaman dipping in the water. He goes down once. You know, it's like the suspense. Nothing happened. You know, he goes down again. Second time. Nothing's happened. It's like, okay. He's kind of looking at, this going to happen or not? He goes down, he goes down, he goes down. The seventh time, he gets up, and he is completely healed. When he returns back to the prophet, he says, there is no greater God like the God of Israel. So because of this little girl, this girl's influence, this girl making an impact on, on her master, he experiences. A little girl, you could say, well, what do what what kids have? What do they? But this little girl has such great influence, had such great faith that her master could be healed just at the word that was spoken.
Another individual, woman at the well. Now, woman at the well is not her name. <laughs> we know her as, that's a description, but we don't know what her name is. And John 4 says, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman, don't know her name, that's her background, Samaritan, came to draw water. And Jesus said to, said to her, please give me a drink. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Let's fast forward now to verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, Jesus told me everything I did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two more days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the, women, to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. So again, we see another nameless influencer. This woman goes back to her village, tells the, the people there in her community, you've got to come see this man. He's just told me everything about my life, everything that, that, that I've done. He must be the son of God. And because of her influence, because of her testimony, they say, okay, we've got to see who this man is, who this person is. They come out and they, they recognize that there's something different about this man. Jesus spends two more days there in a village, comes to know him. Because, the, because of one act of a person that we don't even know her name, a village is saved. A village is turned around. What influence one person can make what impact one person can make. So we see that happening over and over. We see that in other instances in the Bible. We see the woman, the issue of blood, and, and um, Dr. Regine, she talked about the woman, the issue of blood. We see the Roman centurion. We don't know their names. We don't know, but they had influence. They made an influence. We see the men or the men who carried their friend to Jesus on a mat. Again, four men, that's not their names. But the influence that they made, the influence that took place because of their lives. And I know there's men here in the, in the audience, so I don't want to share about all women. Have a man right here. What about the good Samaritan? That's not his name. <laughs> He's a well-known nameless influencer but that's not his name. And it says Jesus, actually in King James Version, Jesus in Luke 10, 33, Jesus never even called him good. I think we came up with that word, good Samaritan. Jesus never called him good. He called him a certain Samaritan. And certain means um, particular, but the word certain also means believing, free from doubt, Sure, confident, convinced, 
So although nobody may know who we are, we must be convinced that we are still influencing somebody. Someone somewhere is watching what we do and what we don't do. Someone is watching us. As mothers, our children are watching us. As um, bosses, our employees are watching us. As teachers, our students are watching us. As individuals, even as single people, there's someone that's watching you. And the Lord says that we have this opportunity of great influence, of great influence. And the definition of influence is to affect or alter by indirect or intangible means, to have an effect on the condition or, the, or development of, so to impact, to impress, to reach, to touch. So maybe just a smile is an influence to somebody. Maybe just touching someone when they go and do something is an influence to somebody. I know for myself, sometimes I feel like I can be a nameless influencer. People know me as bishop's wife or pastor's wife or even sometimes Vanessa and Jessica's mother. Even growing up, I'm the youngest of nine, and still to this day, I'm still referred to, oh, she's the baby of the family. I'm in my 50s. She's the baby of the family. <laughs> but you know, even though there are times when I may feel like, man, does anyone know my name? The Lord knows my name, and the Lord knows our name. And Luke 10, 17 says, then the 17 returned with, with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. See, that's what the key is, really, to knowing, for people to know who our names is, who our name is. It's really, we need, a, we need a Lord to know our name. We need a Lord to, to, we need to know that when we get to heaven, that our name is in the book of heaven. Just think about it. When we get before God, and the Lord says, what did you do? How did you influence? How did you impact? How did you reach, touch people? And if I get before the Lord, I say, well, Lord, they didn't know my name. So I didn't do anything. They didn't call my name. They didn't acknowledge me. Do you think the Lord's going to say, oh, that's all right, Carmen? It's like, like, what, really? You allow people not knowing your name to stop you from doing what I called you to do? I know I would not hear, <laughs> well done, good and faithful servant. And even going back to Nehemiah, when all those nameless people were there on the wall building, if they didn't hear their name, do you think because they didn't hear their name called, that they would say, well, we're not helping. I'm just going to wait till Nehemiah calls my name. 
Better call my family. They didn't have time for that. That's like, there's a work to be done. There's a work to be done. And the Lord wants us to work. So he's calling us as influencers. Don't worry about if your name is not called. Because all it really matters is the Lord calls on us. The Lord knows who we are. We sang that song, I know who I am. Doesn't matter who doesn't know your name. Really? If that's, that's, that is the extent of who we are, then that's, that's kind of sorry. That's kind of sorry. So we need to get past that. But as I said in the beginning, the Lord has called us to influence. Wherever we are, on our jobs, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, we have no idea what the Lord has called us to. And only we can do that. Only we can be the influence that the Lord has created us to be. I can't be an influencer like, like Mother Green is an influencer. I've got to be the influencer that he has called me to be. And, you know, um, today there's so much going on in this world. So much is happening. I believe that this is a great moment for the church to be influencers. I believe that, that, that people in the world, they're searching, they're looking, they're wanting to see what, what's different. I need something different. And I believe that this is a great time for the church to rise up. With all that's going on in the world, they're looking to us. They're looking to us to have an answer. Just this week, this past week, on Monday, there was a, a, a um, shooting, a drive-by shooting right over in the location of PT North. And one of our members here was almost caught in the, in the, the crossfires. And then Tuesday night, after prayer, we're coming outside. There are cop cars all around, like 15 to 20 cop cars, all on Columbia Street. Police all on the street, like something is going on. And it's like, the Lord is saying, what are you all going to do about it? You all are the ones that I've called to be influenced. Don't worry about if they don't know who you are, know your name, but I've called you to be influencers. He's called us to be influencers, PT. That's why he put us here in this area of Cambridgeport. And then the port, he's called us. And as I said, no one else can do it but us. No one can do it but us. Every one of us, we take up what we have and we use it for the honor and glory of God. So, if you keep doing kingdom work like you have been, you will certainly not remain a nameless influencer. You will not remain a nameless influencer as long as you continue in kingdom work. And you know, the enemy would lie to us. He has lied to us and said, well, if they don't know my name, then God can't use me. Forget about who doesn't know your name. It is the Lord. It's the Lord that is concerned about what you do. As we know the story of, of um, the different people that had the talents, the Lord said, I give you this talent. Go and be profitable. They go and be profitable, but, but one, that one man that did not, just had one talent, and he didn't use it. Unprofitable. He didn't, he didn't use his influence. So the Lord desires for us to influence those around. As mothers, we have a great responsibility to influence our children. 
they're the ones that they see most. We're the ones they see most. They're the ones that are going, they're going to see our behavior. We have incredible opportunities. And even if you are not a mother, you may be a mother one day. You have an incredible opportunity to shape individuals' lives. Grandmothers have the opportunity to shape lives. Fathers, you have the opportunity to shape lives. Even a, a, a adopted parents have the ability to shape lives. So I leave this word with you this day that we have been called to be influencers. If nobody knows our name, the Lord still calls us to do what he's called us to do. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for who you have called us to be, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that yes, our names may not be known around the world, or even in the city, or even in the neighborhood, Lord. But Lord, I think that you see us as unsung heroes. Lord, I think that you see us as the ones that can make a difference. Father God, I thank you that we, can, we, you have called to make an impact on lives, oh God. Lives that will be changed, destinies that will be changed. Lord, I thank you, Father God, that you have called us as individuals and even as a church, Lord. Father, I pray that even from this day, Lord, that we would see ourselves differently, Lord, and that we would not allow the enemy to lie to us and say, you can't be used if no one knows who you are. For, Lord, you have entrusted to us great things. You have entrusted to us wonderful things to accomplish, a purpose to fulfill, a destiny to, to reach, Father God. So, Lord, I, I pray, God, that your people will continually build, because there is a great work. There is a great work that needs to be built up, Lord. And we need every influencer to take up their tool, to take up their brick, and to build, and to help rebuild, Father God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would continually speak to us. You continually show us, Father God, what you have called us to do, Lord, as, as individuals, as mothers, as fathers, Father God, as even sisters, brothers, Lord, as co-workers, as teachers, Lord, that we would do what you have called us to do. And we would not have any excuses, Lord. May we not look at in the past, or may what we did in the past, but Lord, we look forward. We look forward to what you will do and what you desire to do. So, Father, we thank you that we are nameless influencers, but, Lord, we will influence well for your honor and glory. God, we will, ex we will spread your kingdom. We will establish the kingdom of God through our influence. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. I want every mother to stand at this time, mother or grandmother. And as I said earlier, if you have the position of a mother, I want you to stand. I want to pray this prayer over you. This prayer I found is from a woman named Mary Lindow, or Lindo. Dear Lord, bless every mother and every grandmother with the finest of your spiritual blessings today. Confirm in her heart and spirit the work of her hands and the love that she has so freely given to those children under your care. Validate her worth today, daily, so she has no reason to doubt whether she is loved, 
valued, and cherished in the eyes of her heavenly father. Create in her a deep sense of your protection and trust so that worry and fear will disappear as she places her loved ones into your care. Let her know that every prayer she has prayed and every encouraging word she has spoken on behalf of her children or grandchildren has been transformed into sweet, fragrant offerings before your throne. Whisper deep within her spirit the sweet words she longs to hear from you, that nothing can separate her from your love. Help her to nestle daily into the promises, into the promises of your word, standing with faith on the things you declare are true. Let her know that you will reward her faithfulness, but that true success doesn't lie in her accomplishments or accolades. Let her rest in the knowledge that she has done all she can and that she and those she loves truly belongs to you. Bless her with a servant spirit so she can teach her own the joy of hearing one day, well done. Remove any guilt, false or real, and replace them with your amazing grace and forgiveness. Help her to see her children or grandchildren through your eyes, knowing that in your hands is the safest place that can ever be, that they can ever be. Calm every doubt and strengthen her confidence in the only one who can bring good out of any situation. Teach her that she cannot meet every need of her child's life, but that you can. Give her wisdom and guidance to train those precious children in your path and then to leave the results to you, Lord. Help her to love without limitations, to pray without ceasing, and to live without regrets. Bless her with such sweet dependency on you that she will acknowledge her inadequacies, yet recognize and accept your reward of praise and your sense of pleasure in having her as your own beloved child. Where prayers may still seem unanswered and dreams are not yet realized, open her eyes to see beyond this world to a hope that never disappoints and to a father who never leaves or abandons her. Give her courage to persevere even in the most difficult moments of her life. Bless her with honesty, integrity, and a playfulness that shows her children she is human, yet unswerving in her desire to know you. Let her joy be contagious, let her passion be pure, and let her life overflow with all the blessings she deserves. One special days and on every day of her life, in Jesus' name we say, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God.